Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Volume. Hey you, listen up. The NFL season is rolling right along, and DraftKings, as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is bringing you all the action and all the best deals. Look me in the eye. If you somehow have not signed up for DraftKings yet, well, I got a great deal for you. Download the app, use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B, and when you bet $5 on any NFL game, you get $200 in bonus bets instantly what you can then go play with but t-bob i love snaps i love you and i've already signed up well guess what DraftKings is taking care of all their customers throughout spooky season as you get game day sweeteners the entire month of october so whether you're new whether you've been around here for a while DraftKings is the most fun place to play it's taking care of you again if you're signing up for the first time promo code t-bob $5 NFL bet nets you $200 in bonus bets instantly. So let's have some fun watching the games this spooky season. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 or older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, what's up, everybody? Snaps Thursday, which means a week six preview. We'll also have our gambling sit down with Colin Wilson tomorrow. Colin's excellent. He has been spot on about pretty much everything yeah. he has told us so far this year. Uh, so here's the plan for today. We're gonna, Me and Aaron will break down three games. Little Notre Dame, Louisville, that's ranked unranked. UK, yeah. Georgia, ranked unranked. And LSU, Mizzou, ranked unranked. Okay. Um, I'll be like, but Tebow, what are the big boys? Well, guess what? 
to talk Alabama A&M and to break down Texas, Oklahoma. We got a man who's been in both. We got Trevor Knight joining the program. Um, I always think about Trevor Knight as the Crimson Tide killer back in the day. Take Because remember, he beat them in that Sugar Bowl uh, oh, yeah. when he was at Oklahoma in 2013. And that was when, like, I think it was maybe McCarron or somebody who said something along the lines of like, you know, a lot of these new guys don't get like what got Alabama here in the first place. It was, it was just a time when Alabama felt a bit less than at a time when they were kind of nearly unstoppable. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm also excited because Aaron has informed me that Trevor Knight's actually beautiful. And to be fair, yeah. I don't know what Trevor Knight looks like. I, I don't think I've ever seen his face. So I'm excited. And he also played for A&M too. So we break down both those games with Trevor. Um, yes. 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 So uh, let's start with Notre Dame going to Louisville here. Um, another ranked road game for the Irish. Uh, and look, I okay, so first off, I really love what Louisville's done under Brian Brom yeah. here in year one. I know Brian Brom, this was Jeff kind Brom. of, you know, oh, what did I say? Brian, excuse me. Brian is on the staff. That's the OC, his brother. But yes, Jeff Brom's the head coach. But I love what Jeff has done here year one. Um, that's his... You know, it's, it's look, alumni, kind of the perfect dream matchup. It's why he leaves Purdue to go back to Louisville. Yep. And the early results are pretty badass. 5-0, yeah. and 3-0 in the ACC. They got a win over the Big Ten as they beat Indiana 21-14. Uh, they go on the road to NC State and win 13-10 right at the beginning. of with offense a lot this year. Jack Plummer's yep. been awesome in a game where they got to have defense. They find a way to win on the road NC State, which is maybe not as hard as it has been, but it's still... Nothing to turn That's your nose team. up if you're Louisville, but Aaron, at the end of the day, I still don't think they play anyone near Notre Dame. Uh, I like the Irish here, even if I am impressed with Louisville. Yeah, I mean, my one hesitation with, with Notre Dame is can you play three ranked games in a row yeah. at, at that kind of level? Like it's been two emotional weeks. Like Ohio State was was an emotional four-quarter ball game that that you lost with no time remaining. Uh, Duke took a heroic, heroic, heroic. I can never Hero say heroic. heroic, heroic, heroic. There we go. I just can't say it. You've I'm been just gonna find a new word for rivalry, and so you're trying yeah. to add heroic. You're trying me. to add an extra R. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, no. It, it took Sam Hartman on a fourth and seventeen to be able to come back and win that football game versus Duke. Like it has been a hell of a roller coaster for 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 Notre Dame over the past two weeks. The worry is, you, can you get back? Can you get up for back-to-back -back games? Hey, like you can get up for back-to-back. -back. Can you get up for back-to-back-to-back -back -back games? This game being on the road, Louisville played on Friday night for NC State. For those, oh, who it's don't true, extra that. day. They That's get right. an extra day of rest, an extra day of preparing. Notre Dame's game was a late night game, like late, late, late night. So that's almost an even two days uh, yeah, because by the time Notre Dame's able to get back and, and, and preparing for for this game, so uh, I would say there's a lot of advantage. For, for for Louisville in that sense of of just where is Notre Dame physically mentally when it comes to exhaustion I mean there's a reason why like it, it it's hard for NFL teams to go undefeated like because they have to every single week get mm -hmm. up to play incredible competition Louisville's a very good football team and and I don't know what it is about Brahm at his head coach but it just seems like every year he wins one game that they're not supposed to win like go back to the side of Purdue like yeah that's fair always that one fair, game fair. like I think this could be that game uh my one hesitation to fully jump on board with louisville and 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 you brought up Plummer, who is who has been really good this season is the turnovers they have not yeah. faced a defense yeah. like notre dame and you're yeah. at home which is an advantage but this is a notre dame defense that doesn't really have a lot of holes 
and and they are going to make you pay if you're not absolutely perfect. So has he been good? Yes. Has he had some some turnover issues with six? That's that's also a problem. If he takes care of the football, I don't think Notre Dame runs away with it. And if Louisville can keep this thing close, does no does the Fighting Irish have the stamina to play another four quarter ball game? And, and, you know, I, and I worry it about can that. Go more. either way, though. Sometimes if you're in those fights, you can almost get tempered like steel, right? Where it's like. You're used to it, okay? I, I, I've been out here. And, and granted, although Louisville does have extra rest, they were in a battle last week as well. But, I mean, yeah, I were. feel you. That that That, that is that is because Notre Dame, you're right, had two weeks that wasn't just kind of taxing, but literally, you know, in one game, you're trying to stop an 80-yard last-second game-winning drive. Mm-hmm. And the other one, you're trying to affect one. And, and granted, you passed the test. Look, the bottom line, though, you nailed it. It's a Notre Dame defense. Okay, what travels well? Defense and running Run the ball. Him. What can Notre Dame do very well this year? Defense and running the ball. Oh, and then they have Sam Hartman, who's going to make solid yeah. decisions, and he can throw very well. So, like, you look at Hartman and Plummer. Plummer's way more apt to turn the ball over. I think Notre Dame's a better team to begin with. I get they're tired. I get the rest for Louisville. I get it's on the road, but you got me fucked up if you think I'm bailing on the Irish now. Okay? I still think <laughs> the Irish are very good. Um, and, and There's yeah, a revenge factor for Sam Hartman, too. I mean, last last year versus Wake Forest, Louisville won 48-21, and that was one of oh, wow. his worst games. He threw three interceptions in that game. I remember watching oh, it. And a lot of it wasn't his fault. His receivers were were horrendous in the game. But same was 20 of 35, 271, one touchdown, three interceptions. Like one of his worst career, career games at Wake Forest. So you know he's a little bit, you know, extra juice for this one to go out there and and, and kind of get some revenge uh against the Cardinals. So I, I think this I hate you said it like defense running game, a hundred percent, but Sam Hartman, I, I will continue to lean on him. Like he has, he played his best football this year. No, but like it's a different offense. I think he's played great. And he was, was well, incredible. He, yeah, he's win. Like, well. I, I trust him. I, I trust him. A guy that's played a lot of football, uh, a, a veteran type presence to get his team ready for that third straight, you know, ranked I mean, game over the past three weeks. Let's be clear about this. Sam Hartman, you know, this is not Wake Forest where they're asking him to throw it 50 times a game. He's yes. averaging 250 a game through the air. He's the 10th highest rated passer in the country. He's thrown 14 touchdowns to zero picks, 10 yards per attempt. Like, he's playing great. Like, yeah. he's playing great. And so you're not going to convince me that he's going to lose to Louisville and Jack Plummer. Great team what Brom's done, but this Notre Dame team's better. I still think this Notre Dame team may be a playoff team. Give me the Irish. Next um, to the list. La, 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 last thing on on on, oh, yeah. on revenge tour, um, for him, was it NC State last year? He threw two touchdowns, three interceptions. He came back versus NC State this year, and they ended up winning 45-24, yep. and he threw four touchdowns, no picks. So revenge tour, Sam Hartman against the ACC was off to a good start. I think he has another good game this weekend, and they find a way to win. Next on this list, the Kentucky Wildcats traveling between the hedges to Athens, Georgia to take on Georgia Bulldogs. Mm. And uh, look, this is a massive opportunity for Mark Stoops, okay? I have shelved the Mark Poops nickname, um, but if they would somehow win this game, I would shatter the nickname. I would throw it in the trash, never to be busted out again. Uh, because people talk about signature wins, right? And and Stoops has had some. I looked it up today. A few ranked wins. One top 10 win technically. As I believe in 2019, Florida was 10th when they played them. They didn't finish there. 
but they were tense when they played them, but but never anything close to this. Like people talk about mm -hmm. signature wins. This would be a crown jewel win yep. for Mark Stoops. Uh, the problem is, Aaron, although it would maybe appear that Kentucky, because they run the ball so well, is somewhat well-suited to take advantage of Georgia, I don't believe in Devin Leary, and yep. I just cannot fathom that if Georgia knows you want to run the ball like you do, Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can't really throw it. Like I cannot fathom that Georgia can't focus in and create a game plan to, to force Kentucky and force Devin Lear to try to beat you. What I, you, you brought the name that I want to talk about. That's Devin Leary. Like the, if, if Kentucky is going to win this football game, it's, it's up to him. The offensive line has looked much improved from last season. Obviously yeah. Ray Davis is leading the sec in rushing. Like that dude's an absolute beast. You have receivers, like Robinson, Brown, and Key, like you have you have three very talented guys. And you listen to some of the comments from the coaching staff, like they they haven't been necessarily as ecstatic with with how well those guys have performed. There's been some drop issues, some miscommunication, mm -hmm. but there's still talent there. And I've seen enough of of an inconsistent Devin Leary, not to just say, oh, it's it's all on the receivers. Like, no, it's it's a lot of it is on him. And I think for Georgia fans, you look at you look at this offense, you say, okay. You know they can run the football, but if you're one dimensional, like we'll find a way to win. But if, if if somehow for Kentucky it all comes together this week, if it took just five weeks for them to figure out this passing game, which has a very talented quarterback once again and a very talented receiving core, that's a very dangerous offense. That is a very 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 good uh, offense. So um, that's the key. Can they put it together? Can they be more than just a hand the ball to, to Ray Davis and then flip over to the other side of the football? I know there's a ton of Georgia fans that are freaking out after last week. It wasn't pretty on defense. You know, Auburn had their way. Auburn was able to run the ball effectively. But you and I talked about this. It was it was essentially going up against a triple option offense. Yeah. Very they difficult to yeah. prepare for. This is more traditional. Not saying that Kentucky is just going to get stonewall. But for Georgia, for any defense, it's a lot easier knowing that, hey, there's the running back. They're going to run zone. They're going to run power. We don't have to worry about a quarterback in a triple option scenario. Like yeah. Auburn presents a lot of eye candy. Kentucky, Kentucky, more traditional on the road in Athens. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see Georgia out of position as much as you did last weekend. Yeah, look, the bottom line is, like you said, the majority of Auburn's rushing success last week came from the quarterback position, Peyton Thorne. And so if you can't stop this Kentucky attack, then I think the Georgia fans should start to ring the alarm bells mm -hmm. uh, because they should be, even without a Jalen Carter, like we talked about, they're missing, um, you know, having a giant like Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter in the middle. Uh, but even without that, you should be able yep. to uh, stop Kentucky. So we will see. Uh, for what it's worth, I, I think Georgia wins, you know, and I think they probably win big. I just want to see um, them get off to a, a fast start. Just, just yeah, for I want to sure. see. I want to see what Carson did last week in the fourth quarter. This coaching staff and Bobo and, and Kirby just say, you know what? The running game has been inconsistent. Let's rely on Carson a little bit. Like if we put the ball in Carson's hand for four quarters, what can happen? And and I think you, you're going to be surprised what can happen if you trust him a little bit more. Okay, sure. Um, and next on the list, you got another ranked unranked battle, 11 a.m. and Como LSU Tigers traveling to take on the Missouri Tigers. Uh, mm. Looks like a shootout again, Aaron. Mizzou's got an awful pass defense. LSU's got an awesome pass offense. 
LSU, as we discussed earlier in this week, has the literal worst defense in the Power Five, whereas Mizzou is as hot as they have ever been with Brady Cook, Luther Burden, and um, Kirby Moore calling yeah. plays. Uh, you know, I don't. I, I, I don't know that I can sit. I, I think LSU should win this game, but how am I supposed to sit here and tell you that when yeah. uh, for multiple weeks in a row, like they were more talented than Ole Miss at every single position. Didn't matter. Okay. Nope. So, so I don't care that they're more talented than Mizzou at every single position because Mizzou's hot. They're playing at home and they appear perfectly suited to taking advantage of LSU's weaknesses. I am. I'm, I, it's just, it, it's hard for me to continue to get over the talent difference but you have to at this point in the season and just kind of say you are who you are. And and I know you brought up, you know, Missouri maybe struggling a little bit when it comes to pass defense right now. They're giving up 242 yards per game through the air, which is ninth in the SEC. But I, I you know, I had their game early in the season and, and they got talent on the back end. Like they really like Chris Abrams drain. Uh, they like Rake Shaw Jr. as well. You know, Hopper is, is one of the most talented linebackers in, in the SEC. Like they have talent on that side and they have length on the defense side of the football. Is it good enough to to hold up with the LSU defenders or receivers playing and play out? Probably not. But is it good enough to maybe keep LSU in the mid to high 30s to give yourself a chance? Yeah. I think so, especially being at home. Um I'm I think just glad LSU this game's at 11 a.m. I'm I'm glad think, this game's yes. at 11 a.m. because if it was nighttime in Como, that could be way worse. Oh, for the LSU fans about that one. I think LSU finds a way to squeak it out. I, listen, Brady's been awesome taking care of the football. Obviously, he broke the record most yeah. attempts without interception, 11 touchdowns, no picks this season. He's been great, 75% completion. Uh, to me. It, it comes down to can you force him to turn the ball over? And I think that's going to be you can't give Luther Burden space. You know, teams are scared as hell of Luther Burden. And I get it. And LSU, you know, hasn't shown us anything where they shouldn't be scared of, of Luther. But if you're just going to play 10 yards off and let him catch oh. the football, oh. he's great size, he's physical, and he's athletic as hell in the sense of like he doesn't go down one on one. Like, well, I'm gonna, I, I would rather, I would rather lose to Luther Burden. On a 20 yard, 25, 30 yard pass down the field, then just give up five yard hitch routes that he turns into 15, 20 yards. Well, make Brady Cook beat you down the field. Guess what, Aaron Murray? They are going to give him 10 yards of space. I know. Because LSU, LSU runs quarters and cover three 40% of the time right now. And here's what I was looking for SEC Mike, uh, my guy, every week he looks at the biggest mismatches based on uh, EPA. And all you yep. need to know about EPA again is that it's a metric of it's 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 a very accepted metric amongst football minds of uh, determining who's good, who's bad on a per play basis, and it's always a good indicator of who's going to bet. Uh, so right now in EPA, the biggest mismatches this week: Mizzou's offense number eighteen in EPA, LSU's defense one thirty, LSU pass offense number three in EPA, Mizzou pass defense one oh seven. Uh, mm. When Mizzou's throwing the ball there, number seven, LSU's pass defense 130. So as you can see, it is good on bad on good on bad. And maybe who has the ball last will determine this one. Here's my goal if you're an LSU fan. Stop him 50% of the time. If you can stop them from scoring on one out of every two drives, you'll probably have a pretty good chance uh-huh. of winning the game. Again, for reference, LSU stops teams 42% of the time, which is dead last in power five and 125th in the country. Awful. Pitiful. 
Absolutely beautiful. All right. That'll do it for the beginning of the preview show. We got Trevor Knight coming up to preview uh, the big boys, Triple R in Dallas, the Red River rivalry and the battle between the Tide and the Aggies going down in College State's Trevor Knight coming up next. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yo, what up, y'all? Welcome back. We're continuing our Thursday breakdown of all the games. We just talked uh, Notre Dame Louisville, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Mizzou, but now it's time to get to the big boys. Triple R, the Red River rivalry, and... Alabama and AM. And it's our pleasure to welcome in a special guest who's very familiar with uh, a couple of these programs. And that is the Crimson Tide Killer himself, Mr. Trevor Knight, Super Bowl MVP and champion. Trevor, what's up, dude? 
What's up, guys? Glad to be on. And uh, we do have a, a couple of big games this weekend. And the, the one down in Dallas is uh, is certainly one that I always look forward to every year. But there's just so much surrounds the game that uh, that makes it one of the best college football games each and every year in the country. And and so and 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 it's even better this year, Trevor, because both teams are actually good. You know. Uh, both teams undefeated. Both teams are looking like the clear favorites in the Big 12. Uh, both teams with head coaches that had a lot of questions entering the season. Now both fan bases fully believe. Uh, but 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 take us in. Take us behind the scenes because uh, you mentioned all the kind of extra, the accoutrement, just everything going on around the game. What's it like playing in, 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 in the Red River rivalry? Well, you know, there's some some really big rivalry games across the country, right? And so I'm biased, and I'm going to say that this is the best just because there are some things about it that make it so unique. And I think the biggest one is the perfect 50-50 split right down the middle. That's bad. On one side, crimson on the other. And because of that, the, the energy when you're playing on two halves of the field is unmatched. You've got extreme positive energy makes you feel like you're floating on one half of the field and then you cross the 50 yard line and it's like the weight of the world's on your shoulders right but everything that goes into the week school gets out early on both sides people are headed to dallas to start all their sorority and fraternity parties and all the hoopla that goes on around the game uh even grade school kids are getting out of school so they can go down to the Mm -hmm. game right but i think what's unique about being at ou is you get to actually physically cross the Red River on the way to Dallas. And so it oh, adds a little something to it. Uh, there's a lot of kids from the state of Texas that go to OU, a lot of kids from the state of Texas that play on the team at OU. So there's just there's tons of bragging rights that go into it. But the second you get into Dallas with the police escort, you've either got people banging on the bus, screaming for you in, in support, or you've got middle fingers flying and people just saying F you every time they see you. So it's it's a pretty special deal. I, I will agree with you on the, the 50-50 split because there's obviously we talk about Georgia, Florida a lot, and, and we'll talk about that game here in a few weeks. And and Kirby's pushing it to go from Athens to Gainesville, a home and home kind of situation. But like there's just so much energy and excitement when you got that 50-50. It's 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 so it's rare. There's only three games that do it in college football. You guys being one and us being another one. So, uh, and then Army Navy at the end of the season. Uh, I want to go to just the rivalry in the sense of at times certain teams are better. Like to me, I look at the rosters this year. I kind of feel like Texas has the better roster, but does that even matter in a game like this? Have you ever experienced where maybe OU was far superior, but yet it was a closer game or vice versa during your time? All the time, right? I mean, you can go to this game and, and one can be completely unranked and having a, a down year and the other would be number one in the country. And and the, the team that's supposed to be better and supposed to win could lose the game by four touchdowns, right? I mean, that's that's what a rivalry game's all about. However, this year specifically, it, it quite honestly, it's pissing me off, right? Yeah, like, yeah, off. get it, Trevor. Lead yes. into a fuck him. Yeah, Texas, tell him. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I think Texas deserves a lot of credit. They're a good football team. Um, They've got a ton of weapons. They they absolutely deserve to be where they're at and in the conversation, but they haven't been relevant in this conference in a decade outside of one year. And every conversation that I'm hearing is like, oh, oh, you come down and and join us for college game day. We're we're the team to beat this year, right? It's like, wait, hold on. 
we've won, I think, 14 Big 12 titles, and you guys have won three. You haven't won a Big 12 title in well over a decade. OU's won seven. And, and it, it just – they're making us feel like little brother, and it pisses me off. Now, again, give <laughs> credit where credit is due. I think Quinn's played really well, and I have bashed this kid – to the end. I went and watched him play at South Lake Carroll here in the DFW area. I didn't like his demeanor. I didn't like his approach to leaving early and going up to Ohio State. I said he'd never play a snap there, and he, he I think he handed the oh, ball off like twice before he, before he transferred. I think Sark's done a great job with him, and he's rose to the occasion. He's playing good football. However, I think OU's got a lot more in the tank than what people are getting, giving him credit for. It's still the University of Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. The defense is incredibly improved from last year. And Crazy. that's Brent Venables being one of the best defensive minds in college football. We saw that in his tenure, both at OU long ago and at Clemson. And then people don't give number eight, our quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, enough credit. The guy's playing at an elite level. There's a couple of series or drives that you could take out. And you're like, man, this guy, this guy deserves maybe some accolades if he keeps playing like this, yeah. right? So – you know, I think it's just so lopsided with everybody jumping on this. Texas is back. Texas beat mm. Bama, which we can get into that too. I think Bama's a little down, but um, I, it just, quite frankly, it's pissed me off all the headlines of, hey, come join us, uh, Oklahoma. You guys are certainly little brother in this one, and I don't think that's the case. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I said it yesterday. Uh, Texas has a bit of a prodigal son sort of feel where they've been fucking around and doing drugs and partying and being irrelevant for years. But now all of a sudden they're sober. They got some positive men. They show back up and everybody's ready to slaughter the fattened calf for them. Okay. Well, you know what? No, I don't want it. Okay. I'm boomer sooner this week. And Trevor convinced me to fuck Texas. Let's, Let's go. go. Oh, no, don't do it. Come on, Venable. Don't do it. Get it I got the better team. Granted, granted. Okay. And, and full disclosure, I did also talk a ton of shit about Brent Venables this offseason. Okay. Yeah. So I talked, I talked a lot of trash about both. Um, and it looks like I'm probably wrong on both because you mentioned it. The defensive improvement has been astounding. It was the most disappointing mm. part last year. How do you have Brent Venables and you're so bad? defensively uh if if OU is going to beat Texas on Saturday because like right now OU has the better numbers Texas has the better resume Trevor as you see it if OU is going to beat Texas uh what are your keys what do you think the Sooners have to do to come out on top well we'll start on the defensive side of the ball um we've played really stout however last week against Iowa State on two occasions we just had some miscommunication in the back end uh, which was uncharacteristic given the first couple of games of the year. And so like any big game, if you're going against, you know, number three in the country, you've got to be sound in the back end on the defensive side, right? We can't, you can't allow them to have easy uh, big time plays or easy explosive plays that lead to points. Um, the other thing is, is one of the areas that I'd like to see us improve on, on the defensive side is just getting pushed right uh, uh, in the trenches We've done a decent job and we've got a, a lot of tackles for loss, but I think we can take another step up in this game um, and, and really put pressure on Quinn. If he has mm-hmm. pressure on him. He's not going to be able to get the ball out to those playmakers on the outside quite as much. And that that's pretty typical, right? Like get pressure on your quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Y'all would know. It, Y'all would it's know. a big key. <laughs> so we, we've got to play great. We've got to play great on the defensive side of the ball and not allow those big plays. And, 
we've been able to force a lot of turnovers in the back end. So stealing a couple of those is going to be huge as well. Now, on the offensive side, we've thrown the ball with a lot of efficiency. Our wide receiver room has really stepped up. That was my question mark coming in the year. Mm-hmm. But guys like Andrew Anthony, the, the, the Michigan transfer, has come in and taken a huge step up. Jalil Farouk is, is a mainstay. Yeah. Um, Drake Stoops, son of Bob Stoops, is, is a really good player. And so we've had that group step up, and we're throwing the ball efficiently. And we talked about Dylan Gabriel and what he's been able to do. But where we're, the key to the game on the offensive side is running the football. The O-line has played mediocre uh, at best, and we just haven't been able to establish a, a solid running game. We've been rotating really four guys in. There's been some some injuries, right? We haven't found our bell cow, but I think last week against Iowa State, we rushed for 3.8 yards of carry. That's, that's mm-hmm. not going to get it done in this football mm-hmm. game, right? So mm-hmm. defensive side, take some, ball, some, some balls away, uh, uh, create some turnovers. And then on the offensive side, we've got to establish a ground game and, and keep number eight protected. Yeah, it's uh, look, it's probably the most impressive part about Texas compared to other years as they appear to be much better in the trenches. So uh, mm-hmm. we will see um, horns down. Always, Trevor, that's how it's Horns that's how up. Do Sorry, Trevor. Go, dude. Horns up. Horns, horns up, horns down. That's right. Uh, Trevor, how about this? The other game we wanted to talk to you about was Alabama A&M. Obviously, you also have experience playing in Texas A&M. But real quick, I got to ask you about Bama because in my mind, you've always been the Crimson Tide killer as you know, Bama's <laughs> coming off those back-to-back natties. You're squaring up with them in the Sugar Bowl, and you beat that ass four tuds of the night. Sugar Bowl MVP. Take us back to that. Like, what did it feel like to stick one on uh, on Nick Saban? And and that was them at the height of their powers in a lot of a way. How, 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 what was that night like? I mean, you guys know this. That, it was an awesome night, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously a huge win. And I think – the Sugar Bowl is such a great bowl venue because yeah. New Orleans is fantastic. You, once you get to your hotel, you're walking to Bourbon Street, and and Bob Stoops let us out. Like our curfew was really late. Yeah, we used to do the same thing. I feel like they don't do that anymore nowadays. They used to let you run wild, dude. I, I want to say our curfew <laughs> the first two nights was like one thirty, which is yeah. pretty cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're not getting the close, although nothing closes at <laughs> all time, right? But yeah. you're not getting the closing time. But it was pretty late, and he. He was a lot more relaxed than I thought he was going to be, and we had a blast, man. I mean, it was it was just a great week. And then you know all the fans that you're interacting with on Bourbon Street, and then they're walking over to the stadium. So I just it was a great venue. And then I was I was a young guy, man, so my head was still kind of spinning. It would have been a little bit of an up and down year. I started the year, then Blake Bell came in for some time, yeah, uh, played really well. Then he got hurt, and I came back in. So it was kind of like. I didn't know my own identity yet, and we didn't know our identity as the team. But uh, quick story from the game, you guys will appreciate this. You always, on the offensive side of the ball, right, you, you're game planning for the game, and you have your top ten plays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which play you're going to run in the game, and then situationally, if everything went perfectly, which it never does, you're going to try and run those first ten plays. Um, I think we ran nine of the first ten in that game uh, because Kirby, Kirby Smart was the DC and yeah. he came out. We didn't know if he was going to change a lot of things. And he took the mindset of we've got Landon Collins. We've got HaHa Clinton Dix. We've got CJ Mosley. Mm, wow. So yeah. we're just going to do what we do. And I felt like we had a great plan going into the game. And 
the looks that they gave us all year long on film is exactly what we saw. And we were just able to hit wow. a bunch of those big plays. So um, we played really good on offense, but our defense had some turnovers. We played well in special teams. It was just one of those nights where it seemed like everything was going your way. Hell yeah. Dude. So you, you, you brought up earlier that you, you obviously don't think Alabama is the same Alabama that we've seen over the past decade. I think we can all kind of agree on that. Mm-hmm. Do they still have in your mind the same intimidation factor? Like, are teams walking into the stadium? Is AM, I know it's it's at home, but even looking across that field saying, Oh my God, that's Alabama? Or are they just essentially mortal nowadays where people aren't oh, uh, all struck by, by the A as much? I think people are still all struck. I mean, I think the AM team is sitting there going, Okay, we got the big dogs coming to town and they, they deserve that title, right? I mean, they still have that title. I know, Aaron, you, you obviously would argue that, that Georgia has that title more than them, and I would agree, but they're still Alabama and it's going to be a tough game. Um, however, they are mortal. And I don't think it's just this year. I think they were halfway mortal the last couple years. Yeah, true. By the name of Bryce Young was mm-hmm. a band-aid mm-hmm. to that, right? I mean, Absolutely. What I was able to do to kind of um, uh, overcome some of their uh, down spots was incredible. So now you've got Jalen Milrow. He's incredibly athletic. He's just – he's he's hitting his own right now, but coming into the year, he wasn't playing quarterback yet, right? Like he wasn't – he didn't have the ability to completely take over games – and, uh, and then you've got a, a little bit of a conversation on the defensive side, too, coming into the year. Are they the defense of, of Alabama's pass? And my, my answer is no. So uh, they're playing a lot better now, which doesn't yeah. bode well for the Aggies this weekend. But um, they're still Alabama. Are they a little bit more mortal than normal? Yes, especially because they have the blemish uh, in the Texas mm-hmm. game. But our, uh, the A&M guys are still going to be – a little bit, uh, a little bit scared coming into this one. And scared is not the right word, but you know. <laughs> but yeah. the, but it's in College Station, yeah. okay. Yeah. And maybe only, actually, maybe not even behind Auburn, because I've, I've, I've called Auburn kind of like the Taliban of college football. A and M is like the Jim Jones Waco group of college football. Like they will do anything for the Aggies. And that stadium is going to be packed. Uh, how much of a factor is AM getting this game at home this year? It's huge. I mean, uh, I'd, I'd argue Kyle Fields certainly in the top, certainly in the top ten, maybe the top five venues to play at in college football, just because of what you said, right? AM, the culture of AM is, man, we're traditionally seven, maybe eight win, win, win team, but we're going to act like we're national champion. Yeah. <laughs> By the way that we stand all game, you, you support yeah. your colors regardless. And so you got a hundred thousand plus strong. That's going to be rocking there. Two thirty kick. I wish it was a night game, but it's a yeah. tough place to play. Right. So flip the script. If this was in Tuscaloosa, I would feel less confident, obviously. Yeah. The fact that it is at Kyle Field gives us certainly a, a little leg up there. So I, I look at this game, I look at the quarterbacks, and both quarterbacks have had issues with turnovers. Max with some fumbling. I, I wouldn't say necessarily interceptions as much, but there are turnover problems. You look at Jalen on the other side, Milrow, and there is turnover issues with him too. This is a game of who can take care of the football because both these defenses, as you know, are elite who do you trust more in the situation when the quarterback's a, a backup quarterback who is now starter 
or Jalen Milrow, who's, you know, played, started six games in his career? Yeah, I mean, obviously when you've got a starting quarterback uh, and, and you mentioned kind of the, the up and down to, to the start of the season, but he's your starting quarterback and, and they're riding with him and he's got so much talent. I mean, I would give Jalen Milrow the edge in this one, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just because what he's capable of. However, at AM, I am extremely thankful that we have a guy in Max Johnson to be your backup. Right. Mm-hmm. It hurts us that we don't have Connor Wigman to play in this football game. I think Connor Wigman could go on to have an absolutely fantastic career over the next couple of years once he heals up. And he was showing some of those bright spots early on this year. Um, but Max Johnson's shown, especially this past week against Arkansas, that he has the ability to, to lead the team down the field, to make the plays that he needs to make. Um, it'll be a huge test for him. We'll see what happens, but make it ream for this. I would just give Milrow a little bit of the edge right now um, in that matchup. So, Trevor, obviously you are horns down from multiple angles. Uh, A perfect day for you Saturday. Oklahoma wins the Triple R to start. A&M then beats Alabama in College Station. Ipso facto, the Texas win over Alabama takes a ding as well. What is Trevor Knight doing Saturday night if that comes to pass? So I did I did a little – you could call it a poor job or a great job of scheduling this year. Um, I didn't look at the schedule, and I committed oh, no. to A&M Bama. So I'm, I will okay, be hell yeah. in College Station, which will be awesome. But it's a lose-lose because I won't be at the Red River rivalry. Right? <laughs> so um, I have always wanted to, because the, the RRR is in the morning, go to that and then hop in the car and drive to College Station if it was oh, a night wow. That won't work out. So I'm going to wake up Saturday in College Station. I'm going to find a place to have a couple cold ones and watch yep. the first half of the, of the Red River rivalry. Hopefully we get out to a you know big lead. Then I'm going to head over to the stadium, find myself a TV to keep watching, and, uh, and then I'll keep up with it on my phone, hopefully, for the last few minutes while I'm uh, down on the sideline in Kyle Field getting ready to whoop up. Ooh, on the, uh, hey, on the you, you, can always jump, you can always jump in the PJ with, with uh, Greg Sankey. I know he's going to, to go watch Texas, Oklahoma. I'm sure he's going to find his way over to a and Oh, wow. Uh, hey, why don't you give him a, a call for me? That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him a call for you. Know? But well, my boy needs a win, to answer your question – I'll be uh, I'll be moseying around Northgate and finding an additional couple of colder ones to cap the night off. Hey, I got so when when Oklahoma joins the conference next year and Oklahoma starts playing A and M more often, like where where, where does your where, where where you where's your allegiance lie in this one? Like who which which team you rocking? I, I think my allegiance will lie to allocated bourbon on those Saturdays. Uh, <laughs> for a nice glass of bourbon, sit back and enjoy, but. You know, it hasn't happened yet, so um, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I, you know, I, I played four years at OU, loved every second of it, played a lot of ball, um, still consider myself a Sooner and get up there often. And then the, the chance to go down and finish my career out at A&M and got a degree from there and consider myself an Aggie. I mean, I, I truly do split my chest in terms of yeah. both of these programs. And so it'll be interesting going into next year, just kind of trying to decide which way am I leaning on any given Saturday. I'll probably <laughs> never reveal that to the public. But <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you the same number at both spots? Were you the same number? 
I was number nine at OU, number eight at, at AM. Uh, I was going to say that yeah. you do like a split jersey if you had the same number, but it's a couple yeah, nice jerseys to throw on the wall, though, dude. It's, those are two uh, cool jerseys to have on the wall. Yeah. It's, it's not quite mm -hmm. JT Daniels levels, the GOAT. I wish he would have gone to a better school to Rice and finish it off, but those are two badass ones for the man cave. Trevor Knight. A man who's got a lot on the line on Saturday, right? It could go 50-50. You could be purely ecstatic or you could be purely depressed. But that's the beauty of college football. Trevor, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great uh, great weekend. Enjoy all the great games. We'll talk soon. Hell yeah. All right. Remember, snaps tomorrow. We got our gambling with Colin uh, Wilson. You're going to want to tune in for that. And we'll catch you next time. YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. Talk to you later. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.